Psalm 105 verse 2 says, Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Singing is one of the primary ways we as humans worship God. The question is then, well, what should we sing to and about the Lord? This is Considering, where we are considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider it as a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. Again, that's 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question. To learn more about our church and our ministry here, visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Welcome back to Consider It. Back after a little hiatus, but uh, we have a new question. Um, Today's question is, is it okay to sing songs written or made popular by authors or ministries that are marred in some way by false theology or practice. I like this question. I think it's one in several years ago we recorded some series or some podcasts rather on worship and so we touched on this question in those podcasts. You can find them back in our history. Um, I think they were in 2019 that fall or something like that but I'm glad we got this question this morning and uh, and get to talk about it specifically um, it seems like every so often a question like this kind of rises to the surface and you know in Christendom and churches new song gets made popular and yeah, so yeah. it comes back out and or this question rises to the surface again and discerning Christians are like well should we sing it should we listen to it should we not what, what should we do should we sing it in our churches is it okay to listen to my car and yeah. There's so many nuances with it, and so uh, I think it's good to take it today and and uh, have it as uh, a resource, you know, for our own minds as we can just refer back to this thing uh, or this question and this this issue as well. And so, even as we talk through it uh, today, on consider we invited John Rhodes. He's our director of worship here at Redemption, and as this kind of falls into his lane as well, uh, we've uh, asked him to join us. So thanks, John, for uh, joining us today. Glad to be here. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. So let's just talk through the uh, a little bit. Let's just chew on the question because it's, it's worded pretty well here. And is, is it, it begins with, is it okay or like is it right, I guess, maybe, right. you know? Yeah. Uh, should we sing or maybe we might even add to that question, like listen to those songs that are made popular, um, which is a very interesting even just way to begin. Like, okay, well, what, what makes a song popular, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, especially in this, like, it's made popular because of the production industry. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. radios, yeah. uh, stations, and things want it because yeah. of how it sounds and things. And so there is a, a different rubric or standard by which a song becomes popular mm-hmm. than yeah. even what we would use in the church and things. And so we can come back to, to uh, what how, how we even think through that. But even the idea that a song becomes popular is... Uh, 
you know, driven not necessarily by the same standards that we would use in the church. Sure, right? yeah. So yeah. true. So, so songs we listen to, we do this, made popular by authors or ministries, uh, which I like that too. I think that's a helpful clarification, right? Because there's songs like uh, a band might sing it on the radio or makes yeah. it popular, but they're not always the one who write it. Yeah. They're the face that is associated with it. Yeah. Because they're the ones that produced it, but maybe one of their team or note somebody else, you know, a team of writers have actually written, authored the song, yeah. and they've, you know, bought the rights to it or whatever, and so now they're singing it or things like yeah. that. And we even see in that that you know multiple artists yeah. will sing, you know, the yeah. same song. It's right. Like, I remember. I remember a story. Uh, uh, our ministry, our former ministry, was at a church, and we sang the song "Lion and the Lamb." Mm. And it was originally written by uh, the artist Leland. Yeah. And uh, one of the ladies of the church came up to our guitarist afterwards and said, Oh my gosh, I just love Big Daddy Weave. <laughs> and Big Daddy Weave was the one that was really pushing that song and making it popular huh. on the radio. And, of course, that threw him off because he had not heard that, that version of the song. <laughs> really? and was like really confused. Yeah. Really, really confused. Yeah. Which is, is so interesting, you know, yeah. that, uh, that, and, and helpful here because uh, not everybody fully realizes that. Yeah. It's like, oh, right, well, it's not always the authors, you know, are the same as those who have popularized it. Yeah. But then there's this uh, a third kind of thing here, who are marred in some way by a false theology or practice. Mm-hmm. And so that's there. I think, where the rubber meets the road, yeah. you know, in this, because certain bands or certain writers may have differing theology than you personally hold or the church uh, uh, confesses. And, uh, and, you know, whether it's something they believe about God or, you know, the Trinity or things, and, uh, or, their, or their practice and what they, how they... Um, uh, how how they view like the function of the church and the way that believers interact with one another. We could also even add because sometimes in this same thing too is is in the author the the or the singers or the bands their personal life who their life is marred by maybe sin. Mm-hmm. They've you know committed a very public you know yep. grievous sin. And should we sing songs by them? Does that disqualify us? You know, should we avoid singing that song because this, uh, you know, this band member or this writer has, you know, committed adultery or something? That seems to be one of the big ones or, you know, Mm. uh, the sins of anger and things like that that make the headlines or have this like hidden life. Mm. They've been living on the road. And so now should we not sing it? Should we not listen to it? Yeah. What about even those who have... You know, stepped away from the faith, right? You know, yeah. does it mar the things that that they did that proclaim the name of Jesus, right? Now that they may not be walking, right, in yeah. faith any longer. That's so. true. In our day, especially, you know, we're, we're deconstructing our faith is like the vogue thing. Yeah, yeah, and and we're seeing what you're saying even now is some of these artists now who were popular maybe in our childhood like through the 90s or the early 2000s or you know even into the 2010s and all that but now have abandoned the faith or deconstructed or more open or universalist or whatever and man some of those songs were were like you know our jams in childhood (laughs) you know these are what we were singing in church and at summer camps and listening to and and really led us to know and love the lord and were a significant part and now they've just totally rejected it all yeah and uh you know what do we make of all that should we continue singing it and should we continue doing that so uh good question and so let's let's 
start to put some flesh on the bones, I guess. You yeah. know, is it okay? Should we sing these songs uh, written and made popular um, and all that? And here's, here's just where I think it's helpful to begin the conversation is, well, why do we worship anyways? Yeah. Mm. Amen. Why, why is it that we sing any song? You know, and we, I think we begin our worship service every week. I mean, John, you, yeah. could, you know, you should just reiterate that. At mo- most people, like our, our regulars can now reiterate that. Yeah. You know, we've said it so often. We say it every single Sunday, you know, but we, what we're trying to do is answer that question, what right. I just said, you know, so I'd love to hear that from you uh, here. But because I think that's what's really behind this, what we have to get to first and make sure that our priorities are right. And then we can get down into the practicalities yeah. of it all. Right. Yeah, I think I think a good place to start uh, for anyone kind of figuring out why we sing, especially here at Redemption, um, you can find this. Especially some of the newer folks who have come up recently uh, might even remember what was mentioned in the Step Two curriculum. Yeah. But this can even be found on our website, and it's under a under a category yeah. what we believe. Yeah. Um, and this is in regards to what we believe about worship and. I'm just going to read it straight from the straight from the website. It says, okay. The chief purpose of mankind is to glorify God mm-hmm. by loving Him with their entire heart, soul, mind, and might. All believing men, women, and children are to glorify God and thus fulfill the purpose of their existence. Mm-hmm. Worship glorifies God through adoration, praise, prayer, thanksgiving, and a complete yielding to Him. Yeah. Worship declares His worth pays him homage and celebrates him in a life of devotion. Mm. We seek to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. That's not just the words of the songs that we sing. Right. That's when we step out the door. That's when we go to our jobs and our schools right. and our workplaces, everywhere in between. That's, that's what it means. A life through devotion right. yielded to him. That's right. And so we sum that all up in, we go vertical, vertical, that's right. right. Uh, it's a life wholly devoted to the glory of God. Mm. Psalm 105 verse 3 says, glory in his holy name. Yeah. yeah. And that's obviously, I think there's a unique way where we do that more emotively, but also cognitively, volitionally, in singing that engages, you know, more than entire mm. of us. But but even beyond that, you know, and as you know, the statement says you just read that there's a... Uh, we, we should feel the weightiness of God's name, yeah. his reputation, who he is, yeah. that we are seeking after him. We are acknowledging him to the point then where, you know, where, where we're ascribing to him the glory due his name. We're giving him the credit for our life, for this you know, situation. We are thanking him and adoring him in, in all things. And that's why we sing. That's why we do. It's, it's for the sake of Christ, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, because that's not always the case, right, And when it comes to worship. Because yeah. when people choose, like, hey, this is a song I like to sing, or this, why don't we sing this song at church? There's there's some other standards, I think, that people actually use, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah, just because the song is singable and makes us happy because right. it has an upbeat melody or right. some... It's catchy of some, catchy, some way. Yeah, it has yeah. some cool hook um, or maybe even because you know we're able to harmonize well with it or or whatnot um yeah yeah, there's just a lot more that goes into song choice right because that's Um, that's often like what people do right it's like oh well this song makes me feel good yeah right like i want to sing it and oh 
okay. It's not rightly so. Yeah, not rightly necessarily so. a wrong thing, yeah. but that's not the priority yeah. in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've often had I've often had discussions with with folks regarding song suggestions, and mm-hmm. and I was listening to this on the radio in the car, or yeah. or even to the point where I was listening to this song in my devotional time with the Lord, and that is yeah. perfect. <laughs> that is a great place for you to worship the Lord. Right. By yourself now that song may or may not be right to right to sing corporately but right. that that's one of those examples where right. the the standards we set for ourselves and what we sing personally right. may be a little different from right. what the church has right especially when it comes to the the melody the singability and all those things mm-hmm. you know and this yep. is where i think where it kind of gets a little even uh, where we have to be discerning and getting into the particulars because there, there's the setting in which it's right and wrong. So even as we like think of the question, is it okay? Well, we have to determine, well, are we talking about the church and what we're singing on a Sunday morning or like you're referring to here or in my car and my personal time and all that stuff. And so there's a whole level of singability and things there. But then there's also... Um, the theology, the content uh, of the lyrics, yeah, yeah. right, and that even as we are coming to the you know to the the biblical text here, and the, like the content and the theological truth should be the same no matter the setting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Like even based on what you said, our singing, our worship should be making much of Jesus, yeah. exalting Him. And so the songs, the lyrics should be leading us that way mm. to the majesty of his name, to his holiness, and not necessarily about us. Yeah. Yeah. This makes me feel good about us. Or even some songs that are kind of like, there, there are places for like prayer and songs of commitment and things, but not the songs that are full of first person pronouns to where we're just singing about all the things that I'm going to do for God. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and and all that. No, we, we sing about his uh, wondrous works, right? Yeah. We are singing to God about God. And that's what the lyrics should be. The content, you mm. know, should be leading us towards. But not just in this totally, like, theoretical or, you know, yeah. theological, maybe better, way, where it's just, like, head knowledge, where we're mm. just kind of singing about the holiness of God. And, you know, and this is, like... Uh, detached way from our life and that's where i think it's because you got have done this wow we are so loved you know because you are faithful i will continue to follow you because you are holy i will continue to seek after you Mm. well in in light of that as y'all are you're talking i know that that y'all spend a lot of intentional time together talking about the sermon song choices for yeah. for Sunday mornings. Can y'all talk a little bit more just about that process and, and how you come about choosing the songs that we actually sing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we go by, we just listen to Caleb and whatever they're singing. Oh, That's Caleb. what we, we Caleb just, is the, the number the one suggestion yeah. on, my, on my radio. That's right. The top five top <laughs> songs played, that's what we're singing. No, totally too. That's not. We actually have a, yeah, we, we, we think through, pray through. We, yeah. we have, a, have a pretty big process with this. Yeah, it's it's a bit more it's a bit more in depth than that for sure. Um, we 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 go through the the details and specifics of a song before we put them in a in a song set list, um, and 
along with like the internal message of the song, what is the song actually calling us to do? Yeah. Is it calling us to gather together? Is it calling us to worship the Lord as we gather together? Is it calling us to remember the deeds of the Lord? Is it is it calling us to to respond to the Lord in a specific way? I think one of the songs that that kind of go back and forth in that is Lord I need you where mm-hmm. it's it's what I'm doing like I'm I'm describing I'm declaring my need for the Lord yeah but it's it's a response to what the Lord's already done in my life yeah and then ultimately is it is, is a song welling in me welling up in me a desire to sing not just about him but sing to him yeah and that's that's kind of like the overarching criteria for which we choose a song if if it's biblically accurate in those con in that context. Right. We're gonna try and use it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the, the content mm. of the song rather right. than the origins. Right. Of yeah. It yeah. Is, right. Yeah. yeah. That that's the priority is the mm. content. Is yeah. this biblically true? Is yeah. it theologically accurate? Mm. And and is it then inspiring? Is it, you know, this is John referred to it earlier. This is Jesus' words from John four: "God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth." Mm, yeah. So the truth, the content, has to be there. That's what drives us. Yeah. But it is also engaging our spirit, a response to who God is and how we're then to live faithfully. Yeah. And the tendency to can, can be to be on one of those extremes. Truth, 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 truth. And we're going to sing these these theologically rich songs. Great. But everybody's singing them like they're at a funeral dirge. You know? Yeah. Holy, holy, holy. And like, like, like yeah. we're talking about the holiness of God. Yeah. You know, Isaiah sees the holiness of God and he's like, he's crushed. Yeah. You know, yeah. he feels the weight of these songs and he's moved. But you also have the the, the other side where it's like, so emotive and very expressive, very demonstrative, and 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 songs that are full of this like emotive language, that's just devoid of substantive biblical theological truth. You know, you could trying change up God. It's trying to draw an, an experience right. rather than right. rather than intimacy response, with the Lord. Yeah, a intimacy or a response to the Lord. Yeah, and that's what. And we're not manipulating or not. We're just putting biblical truth, but. We know the Lord, you know, and so we're going to respond. And that's different for everybody. That's not to say everybody has to raise their hands or fall to their knees or sing out or sing out. That's not what it's about. Mm. But it should provoke in us, if we genuinely know the Lord, some response, some spirit response to the, the content. And so each Sunday as we get together and we plan a specific service or a song we think that has, whether it's a song written of old or a song that's been written new, you know, that's the era in which it was written yeah. doesn't necessarily guarantee biblical fidelity. Yeah. Right. Oh, this is a hymn. Oh, it was in this hymnal. Oh, it was written by this person. That doesn't necessarily guarantee biblical fidelity that's or to true. follow this criteria, good or bad. Because yeah, yeah. the reality is, if we think about it, Every song written by man is yeah. flawed, right? Every, exactly every man written is by man. Yeah, and right. so yeah. I think if, if we go to, you know, somebody being marred by you know a, a bad theology or, or practice, like yeah, that's every man. That's, that's right. That's right. David. Right. Right. <laughs> right. We can't even sing the Psalms then, you know, to those that would go down the the, the to the extreme of the regulatory principle. And all we can sing is the Psalter. No, yeah. that. 
it's like, well, we have to, like, how far do we go? Because, like, you look at David's life. Yes, he was a man after God's own heart. Yes, part of inspired scripture. But it was penned by a sinful dude. Um, and yeah. so, okay, now does that, uh, does, you know, yeah. does that disqualify us from singing even these songs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think, like, in anything, as you're talking about the regulatory principles, there's a pendulum, right? Sure. And as we talk about the extremes of the all emotion versus, right. you know, the, the opposite fleeing from that to the the polar opposite of saying okay we have to take all emotion out but no like worship is an emotional experience right, it's right. it's to draw our, our hearts um, to yeah. the lord um and so i think music and all those things are a gift from god to for sure to bring out that emotion right and and that's why jesus spoke to the samaritan woman in that way spirit and in truth right. like there's there's two sides of that same coin right. that are going to the same right. place they're tethered together yeah. in that and so yeah. which is you know it, it, admittedly that can be hard you know yeah. we have different lines in that yeah. and yeah. and uh, different convictions on well what the, theologically is you know like how precise do we have to be yeah. you know uh, especially when we're singing songs and the the you know the creative uh, illish, uh, uh color that comes in the poetic language that music is yeah. you know that can be more abstract yeah. you know that is what line is that and that's where each person has to you know to come before the lord and uh, ask those questions and and things and and yeah. again we're not we can't diminish the theological accuracy you know if yeah. this is bringing and this is kind of where we've landed if a song is bringing more obscurity than clarity then we're just not going to sing it yeah, if it is too in the clouds, if it is too out there, where there's too much room for, all right, you know, yeah. um, then we're not going to, unless that's like a direct quote from the scripture, you know, because sometimes the scripture uses figurative language as well, and if yeah. it's a direct quote, that we're like, well, no, it's actually the Bible, so we're gonna, you know, yeah. sing the, you know, the sacred text in that. But yeah. well, and I think too, in in light of that is we have stylistic preferences and yeah. so yeah. different churches are going to have right. different categories that they may feel more comfortable in than sure. others and that's the beauty like ultimately it's the gospel and it's the the pointing back to yeah, Jesus sure. that that draws us together but you know one church may have an acoustic set where the other one's going to have the electric guitar and right. you know full drum set and so right. some of those stylistic preferences right um you know, or help people to find where they're comfortable, but ultimately it's the truth, right? The content of the right. songs that's, right. and it's not ultimately about those stylistic preferences. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, if yeah. that's what, but when when that becomes the thing, you know, the way the reason <laughs> yeah. by which we choose a church. Oh well, I don't like that music. Oh well, I don't like that style. Yeah. I don't like that. Well, what does that say? Well, worship is about me and yeah. not about the Lord. For yeah. sure. And, and that doesn't mean that it's not a thing. It's just not the thing. Exactly. You know, this this is where we have to be very careful because it's like, well, I choose it because I want how it makes me feel or whatever. It's like, yeah. time out. That's not what worship's about. Worship's yeah. about the Lord. Yeah. And so we can learn to like other styles yeah. if that's it. But when we're so dug in on, no, this is the style, this is the only way to be biblically faithful is if our worship sounds like this. Or it does not have these instruments, or it does have these things, then then we've crossed over into a line. We're no longer vertical, we're now horizontal, and we're actually just about us. 
And that's where we have to be very careful. Yeah. And, and churches can be about People can be about that, you know, and choosing a church and being part of it. And church leaders can also be like, no, this is the only way. We have to have drums or we cannot have drums or we have to. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yep. <laughs> time out. We've, 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 we've gotten off course here. Yeah, yeah I think... I think an easy way to, to, to remember how we choose songs mm-hmm. is yeah. we are going to choose content over style 100% of the time. Right. 100% of the time. And, and that may mean that there's a, a folky, bluegrassy type song, but it has some really, really solid biblical lyrics that call our hearts to sing to the Lord. Yeah. And then there might be a hymn that is just deep and rich with spiritual theology yeah. that call our hearts to, to do the same. It doesn't matter what style it's, it, it is. We're going to sing it if it's calling right. us to sing right. out to the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or at least we we can sing it. You know, yeah. it would be within the bounds. We may not sing it every week. We may not yeah. sing it all the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it can be on the, the list of, of yeah. things. And so yeah. we have kind of a... a, a you know, a criteria, or if you will, like a categories. John, why don't you just kind of give those uh, uh, to us here that I think will be helpful just kind of summarize. Because we're talking all around this, but I think just to help summarize, especially when it comes to the church and what we, you know, say, hey, here, here's how we determine if a song could be sung by us. doesn't even mean we're going to sing it. Yeah. But, uh, but it would be right and good in the right context. And as it yeah. elevates the Word of God that's being preached that Sunday and pointing us to Christ, um, Give us those categories. Yeah, um, I I was given a list and and by a good friend of mine, Josh Tejada, who's actually at Radiant Church, and kind of really molded how I how I kind of figure this stuff out as well. Um, the like the qualifier that we use is is a, is a song correct and accurate. Is mm. it doctrinally sound and biblically accurate, theologically yep. informed and guided? Yeah. Um, Number two, is it corporate and congregational? Is it a simple melody? Is it memorable enough to sing as a group? Yeah. Are you going to be singing it while you're pushing your cart through the grocery store? Like, is yeah. it is it in that way? Uh, number three, is it compelling and stirring? Hmm. Is it does it elicit the listener to want to sing out and sing back what it says? Yeah, that's good. That's simple enough. Yeah. Cultural and timely. Does it fit the generation and culture of the church who make up the church? Yeah. So is is it is it is it like that? And uh, the last one is it compatible and consistent? Does it fit into the spirit of what we're going for? And again, we've already said what we're going for. We're a vertical church, and our yeah. our goal is to make much of Jesus Christ and to sing to Him in spirit and in truth. And if the songs are doing that and falling in line with that spirit, yeah, we're gonna sing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's really, I think that's a helpful yeah. helpful category, isn't it? Yeah. Or categories. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question then. Okay. So we have these songs that that we sing by maybe some of these these bands that are questionable, some of these ministries that are questionable. Yeah. And uh, you know the CCLI, we're we're paying yeah. um, a fee to yeah. to sing their songs, to have their lyrics up on the screen. And so how does that work? Are we then Putting our money toward a ministry that is teaching yeah. a false gospel, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we've heard this one, and it's popular. It's what you know, yeah. the guys that are on podcasts and blogs. You know, it's one of the main things. You know, that by doing that, then we are complicit in funding. Yeah. 
uh, in uh, errant theology. And yeah. Stuff like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they, they do that. In reality as well, I guess, yeah, you know, we are funding th- that because um, because you're right, we are paying these things. Th- this is where that distinction also between authors and who makes it popular come into play because mm-hmm. it's the authors that get paid, you know, for yeah. that stuff. Uh, not always necessarily the uh, the uh, the band that's made it popular. They get, you know, when it's on the radio, when you play, you know, play it on, uh, uh, on iTunes or whatever, those are the you know they they yeah. get some of the money for that, but it's yeah. the writers or the authors that get the portion. You know when we're singing it uh, uh, here in a in a church service and all that. And the reality is, uh, you know that is, you know all that stuff is in the Lord's hands. Yeah. You know, uh, the yes we defend the truth. Yes we do. do you know we're, we we want to be theologically accurate and all that stuff. And so um, we've just chosen to take each song on its merit. And uh, you know the Lord will uh, work in the in their hearts in that. You know I think of things like John Newton. Uh, you know famous guy. You probably heard of him. He wrote the song "Amazing Grace," and his testimony is pretty popular. But uh, he you know before being saved was uh, was a slave trader, and and uh, you know committed all the gross sins that that came along with that you know that sinful lifestyle and even after he got saved even after he became a pastor it was almost 20 years before his eyes were fully opened to the magnitude and the grievousness of yeah. the the slave trade yeah. To where then he really turned the corner, and he and William Wilberforce worked to abolish the slave trade in England, and you know which had a domino effect in the U.S. later, and all those things. Um, but he was used of the Lord, and he was you know, even while being blind to that grievous sin. And wrote one of the most popular, if not the most popular, hymn that has been written in the last three, four hundred years. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's the you know the global Christian anthem, Amazing yeah. Grace, sung mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, even yeah. non-Christian events, it's you know the song that you know most every American, if you ask them, they could probably recite mm-hmm. at least the first verse. Even of Elvis Grace. Presley sang it at yeah. the end of his concerts. <laughs> right. So like it's it's right. not just not just a Christian anthem; right. it's American. It's it's everywhere. Right. It, it is wildly popular. Yeah. yeah. But but I just bring that up to say yes, I get the under, I, I, I get the I, I get the concern there. But we also uh, need to be loving in our discernment, yeah. and the pathway of this fundamentalist separation that we can't do anything or we can't be close. We have to be stay as far away as possible. From anyone who has differing theology or a sinful lifestyle or something is uh, is a pretty slippery slope mm-hmm. that uh, that we have to be careful about because okay so we're we're doing that yes but we're not popularizing we're not promoting like in our mm-hmm. in, in our church if we're promoting these these bands or these people and like hey you need to listen to this song because this this band is great we've totally missed the mark it's right like, yeah. no we're here to worship Jesus. Yeah. Not worship that band, for sure. You know, and and so I I, I mean I get it, yeah. and and it is concerning. But it, at the same time, we're not over here like uh, promoting them to, and uh, you know, the Lord used them to write a theologically rich song. Now we're not singing con- songs maybe that they have written that are you know bad theology. That would obviously be yeah. wrong. 
But the Lord that's across the board. That's yeah. not necessarily just with specific ministries right. that are that's quote unquote marred by marred by bad theology. We're not going to sing every song right. by every group that we agree with. Right. Yeah. Just because it, this song is written by this group automatically it's part of our list. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's right. not the case. Yeah, we're not going to go that way. Or because a song is written by this, we're never going to sing a song, any song by them. Yeah. Like, because this is theologically true, it's it's fitting that criteria. Does like, it take us vertical? Yeah. Right, right. All that stuff. Like God uses all kinds of people to uh, yeah. get his glory. And so this is where you know, passages like Philippians 1 is, whether it was in pretense or truth, if Christ is being proclaimed, in this we rejoice. Yeah, amen. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's the, the spirit of it, you know, and Jesus, like Jesus had the, the right opportunity when the disciples came, this is in Mark nine and they're like, uh, uh, Jesus, there are these disciples over there that are casting out demons in, in your name. And you know what? Like Jesus, like strike them down, tell them, to, you know, like put them to stop. And he's like, Hey, are they against us? Nope. Then, you know, <laughs> then, then don't worry about it. Yeah. And and it's like that was his like right opportunity. If we were to have this like separatist kind of fundamentalist ethic there, yeah. that was his opportunity to totally squash that forever. Yeah. And and he was far more gracious in that. Yeah. And then like I just refer, referenced there in Philippians one, Paul the same way you know uh, had an opportunity, and he's like you know what doesn't matter their motives. Christ being proclaimed doesn't matter where they're at. You know yeah. they're out to get me. If what what is you know what. Jesus is being proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yeah, yeah, amen. And so, you know, we, not that it's not a concern, you know, to that way, funding, but it is not the, like, tipping point to say, no, not ever, we can't do this, and now we are uh, taking on the guilt of their false theology or, you know, or the, the sin that they've committed or the life that they mm. are, are in the midst of. Yeah. And, uh, and now we're somehow complicit in that, yeah. you know. So. And in that argument, it's like, where does it end? Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, then can we even stop next door and fill our car up with gas because our money's going to, you know, such as, or whatever. Right. You know, there's, right. That's a, we're funding terrorism now because we're, yeah. you know, buying gas that's being bought from this country. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so, yeah. I mean, again, that's an extreme example. But if we yeah. think about it, it's like, where where does that end? It's, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. It's on the same thought thought lines. Yeah. Yeah. And so do we want to be discerning? Yes. And so um, kind of in the same line, yeah. um, a little bit different here is... If we are singing these songs, yeah, and we know that these people that may be marred by false theology or practice have made these songs popular or even written them, are we condoning their ministries? Are we mm. are we leading our flock mm. um, into danger of you know condoning these things, saying, "Hey, these people are good. You should." listen to all their ministry. You should go listen to right. the sermons they're preaching and yeah. read the books they're writing. You right. know, are we opening that door? Right. I would say I'm, I, every time I'm on stage or off stage and I'm singing a song, I am not commending the band. I'm commending Christ. Yeah. I'm commending Christ to the people's hearts. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I'm not, I'm not singing a song because it was made popular, popular by a vertical or by Bethel or whoever else in between. I'm singing a song because it makes my heart worship and love Christ more. Yeah. 
and that's I think that's the standard right that's the standard right yeah that's the standard that's our aim it's our motivation it's why we you know choose the songs that we do you know and I, and I get the you know the the discernment that that mm. takes you know and the, even the question that you asked is like okay well if we sing yes this song is good but are we exposing them then to a band or a thing that then they're going to go off and start listening to these other songs and then those songs are going to influence their theology and their mm. life and all of a sudden now they're going to be discipled by you know this bad band or this bad author or, yeah. or whatever and uh Maybe you know, like yeah, I guess, I, I guess the 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 possibility is real. You know, it's the same thing. Like, well, can we expose our kids? Like, if they're around these, or if they go to this school, or if they go to that activity, or they can, you know, if we if we see that, okay, well, this baseball's good, but because this kid's on the team, is it going to, you know, or because this baseball player, we can't let him like that team because this team has that player on it whose life is this way, and we don't want him to be exposed. And, and so I get all those fears, um, but when it comes to the church and these songs, then because of what John's saying, we're trying to point people to Christ and not to the band and all that, that even if someone then goes and like looks it up and sees all this stuff and is taken captive by it, what I would say is, like, one, we would need to then look at the church like, well, what are we preaching then? Yeah. What is the yeah. strength of our biblical preaching and what is the strength of our discipleship yeah. that if somebody by uh, listening to a song and doing a, and and then going and listening to this band could be led astray like well hopefully if you're teaching them and you're growing and and the discipleship is there and it's close and it's strong that as they're doing that there's people that their discernment the holy spirit's working yeah. in them to say hey no 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 not that not yeah. that yeah. you know and and the people of god around them are saying hey no like no like that's that's not right thinking no we don't yeah. like that lyric no we don't sing that nope that 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 theology and and so they're they're being we can't shelter people from everything. Yeah, yeah. That's the can't beauty of living in community, right? As right. you're referring to, is we have small group and all these other ministries. Like the songs that we sing is a is a very important part of our worship, but it's just a part. And so, right. as we're looking at these, it's it's how does it fit into right. the whole picture? You know, the, the community you're referring to, the preaching. Right. All of these things are helping to guide right. um, our our discernment, our, right. our wisdom. Right. And then, right. Yeah, you know there are times where, in seasons, we're like, no, we have to stay far away from that because of the danger, you know, um, and so we just have to use a loving discernment. We can't just bounce to the extreme though and say, oh no, not ever, or oh yes, all the time, because even even if we go to that other extreme, oh because this band sings it, it must be good. We can sing everything, and that's one idolizing them and like saying well i have to turn i I can turn off my discernment with them like no we don't do that because how many times have we put our trust in someone this is a great bible teacher (laughs) this is a great someone and then down the line we find out oh yeah this was happening behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and another one has fallen you know from ministries disqualified themselves or whatever and so we, we can't either side of those. Yeah. And so we live with a vertical mentality. You know, we're not going to think of it like the, you know, like a gauge. We don't go horizontal one side or the other. Uh, because somebody wrote it, we can always sing it. And because somebody wrote it, we can never sing it. We go vertical because does this song point us to Christ? Yeah. 
And if we're being led astray one way or another, then uh, yeah. then then God's word and God's people and God's spirit will you know bring us back vertical, and uh, and so we yeah we we live in the midst of that in all kinds of things you know and in, in, in how we you know parent and disciple our kids yeah. and how how we're exposed to all kinds of things that are contrary to the truth and wisdom and ways of the Lord. And so when we have all that stuff in place, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, that's, that's where there's safety. That's where God chooses to work because all these things are out there all the time. Yeah. You know, and that's clearly not just about music. Like we go back to the beginning of this, of this discussion where it's not just about the, about the songs. Like worship is about your whole heart, whole life, whole mind, whole might. And whatever that encompasses, we're supposed to worship the Lord through that. And that can be with what we read, yep. not necessarily what we sing. It can yep. be with what we watch on on TV and in and, and movies, and yep. not necessarily about what we sing. Right. Yeah. And and when it comes to this topic, you know, it is pretty specific, and people it, it always rises to the surface. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, that whenever a new song is made popular, and then these things get asked again, and and it's good. And here's the thing: it's we're going to continue to ask it until Jesus takes us home, Amen. until we're around His throne, and we're singing in, in the only pure and perfect and complete way we'll ever sing. You know, Amen. when we're yeah. singing those lyrics that we see in Revelation, um, we're going to continue to ask this song. And so, um, so that's you know, even as as we bring this here kind of to a close now, like the answer, like in most of our questions that are submitted is, is it, you know, is it right? Is it good? Well, yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is, is it okay? Or is it yeah. good to sing songs? For uh, there's so much more to it. Yeah. And hopefully we've helped give you some uh, discernment tools and some categories in Ooh. which to think and how we process this in our church, you know, as, uh, uh, as Redemption maybe sings a song that you may think like, uh, is this band is singing it? Is it okay? Well, here's how we wrestle with that biblically, humbly, um, uh, corporately, you know, as we would seek to put something in, uh, especially when it comes to a worship service. Um, that's that's a pretty high bar and high responsibility yeah. that we take very seriously. It's why we meet and why we pray every week. And, you know, we're not just using uh, a radio standard <laughs> in a, sure. or a popular yeah. standard uh, to... Uh, it, it, you know that's that's not what guides us in this. Uh, it's the Word of God and the Spirit of God that guide us in these things. And and then hopefully you've been helped just personally too. You know, and maybe that's different for you as you listen to songs here in in your own life. But uh, but I think it's still the same truth. It's still the same uh, principles that guide us even in our personal worship and what we put on mm. the radio and and things. Yeah. But. We want to uh, stay humble and teachable before the Lord, uh, especially when it comes to these things. What is coming in, you know, that we're not being just conformed to the world, but we're being renewed, transformed by the renewal of our minds and our hearts as we seek after Christ and set our minds there. So um, it's been great, brothers, talking through these things, and hopefully it was helpful. Yeah. If you, uh, uh, a listener, have any additional questions or on a specific song, specific author, um, we'd be happy to uh, have a continuing conversation in all of that. So uh, thanks for joining us today. 
Thanks for tuning in to Consider It, where we are considering your questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, Texas. If you would like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about our church and the ministry here, visit redemption.bible. Thank you for your support and listening. Join us next time as we consider it.